Hello, I'm Lauren McCall, founder of the Lauren McCall Animal Communication Academy, an international author and a teacher. And I'm Bertha Eddington, a marketing professional who loves helping to get people's messages out. Welcome to Animal Wise, the podcast where from playful to profound, Animal Wise brings animal wisdom into your world. So, Lauren, you know, in these crazy COVID divisive times, I'm, I'm sort of looking at the glass half full kind of thing. And one thing that I'm seeing is communities really stepping up in unprecedented ways. I mean, I, I think we see this from people doing nightly support of their healthcare workers to um, in my own community, when someone was unfortunately stricken, uh, the entire community came together and cooked for them every day and made sure they had everything need. And I, it's really amazing to me that this is reinforcing the value and the joy of community. And I know that you have some animal stories, um, including from one of your trips to Africa, about community. Is that something you would please share with us? Oh, absolutely. And and I agree with you. You know, it, people coming together and animals coming together to form community. It's, it's such a wonderful thing. And we all, I think, have a place as individuals in our community. So I do have a fun example or something that you might enjoy. Uh, this is an exchange that I had with a mongoose at a camp. I know, really, who talks to mongooses, <laughs> but I guess I do. Uh, a camp in the Okavango Delta in northern Botswana. And there I actually uh, observed a large colony of bang banded mongooses and had the pleasure of uh, talking to one in particular. And I, I actually opened the conversation, you know, kind of after I introduced myself, and I said, what, what do you find beautiful? And the mongoose replied, my babies, the love of our community, the gentle way that we cuddle together when it's cold, the way that we love and care for each other when we are sick. We are a community that cares for each other from birth to death. And I find this whole process beautiful. I replied, I do too. I said, so do you have a community among all species here? Mongoose replied, well, let's say that we are friendly rather than friends, but this is okay. The trees, the bushes, the earth itself, they are the true friends. But we are all family in a different way, different branches of the same family. I replied, I agree, and I believe that is true, that we must treat each other kindly and with respect. Mongoose replied, Yes, who is to say who is more important than another? Are the trees more important than the sky? No. Is the lion more important than the mongoose? No. 
We all have our part to play. Isn't yeah. that lovely? Yes, that's a great story. And I, I'm just, I'm just making a, a side here. Is it is so? Is a gathering of mongoose mongoose? <laughs> oh no! You know what? It's it's sort of like the whole octopuses octopi thing. They really are mongooses. That's the collective. Oh, I mean, that's oh. the plural. Yeah. <laughs> no, who knew? <laughs> so I I love the idea that that mongoose and I guess speaking for all mongooses um says that we don't all have to be friends I that's so freeing because you know I I think especially I well for women we're taught to be nurturers and we take care of everybody and that's what's you know what where our job is and but it's it I love the idea we don't have to all be friends but and that it's important not to place a judgment on who or what is more important. Um, it's really freeing to me to think that we all have our parts to play. And just just playing our part is our true value. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And the recognition that, you know, we are all interconnected, whether we agree with each other politically or from a religious or spiritual standpoint or... Uh, socioeconomic or whatever it is. I mean, what happens to me happens to you. And that's an idea um, of community that animals of all species really seem to embrace. You know, we're all, we all have our parts to play. Yeah. And, and it's that concept of finding the harmony between the self and the us. Um, that seems to be a challenge, particularly for humans. Um, and then when you put it in the context of a larger context of plants, animals, earth, all together, that becomes even seemingly more challenging for humans. Um, I just have to say, and I have to apologize because I don't remember her name, but I was recently listening to another podcast that was the given by the one of the top environmental leaders of the UN. And she said a line that really stuck with me that I, I think is so powerful. And that line is, you can't have healthy humans in a sick planet. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's the, to me also really speaks to the idea of interconnectedness. Well, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, frankly, I, I'm sure that we'll do other podcasts on the subject of interconnectedness, because not only is it a big theme for most of the world right now, but it's it, it, a human, human world, but it's also a big thing for animals. I mean, they, they know what's going on in the world in terms of environmental degradation and all the rest of it. So interconnectedness is is a really big deal and even enshrining the uh individuality that lies i think within the heart of all interconnectedness you know it's when we come to the community when we come to the whole as as an individual and recognizing our strengths and weaknesses and what we can contribute don't you think yeah absolutely absolutely and i i think that's something that we resist, especially Americans, as we've talked about before, our rugged individualism. But and individualism plays an important part, but that's why we're all together. So we all have our own natures. And and you have another story about 
um, individual contribution in nature uh, that I think would be a great story to share too about a cat. Yeah, and I I think this is um, you know I I think that that you know when you and I are talking about individuality and and things like that it it's we do have to recognize that we each have our own individual nature and especially in the United States where individualism and individuality is kind of enshrined in our culture as opposed to a lot of Asian cultures where it tends to be kind of a different perspective. Um, I think that this story that I want to share about this cat named Kenji, uh, who lives with my friend Debbie, um, I think this kind of exemplifies, you know, the, the need to follow one's nature, but the importance of recognizing the different nature in all beings. So enough about me. Let's, let's see here. So, um, Right. So we know that many people love cats, myself included. Uh, we have a cat who's um, nearly 21 now, and uh, she's fabulous. Now, the, the thing, though, the thing about cats, if they're indoor-outdoor cats, um, is that when they're left to their own devices, even well-fed indoor-outdoor cats can turn into little furry killing machines. <laughs> Which is not so great, but, you know, it's their nature. So... I'd like to share uh, Kenji, Kenji the cat's perspective on all this. So I said to Kenji, I know that you like to hunt. How do you feel about playing with the mice or snakes before you kill them? It seems kind of mean. Kenji replied with a sort of surprised tone and said, well, it feels natural to me. The world is my dinner plate. I see life like that, too, he said. It's a feast to be enjoyed and savored. I replied, That's a nice philosophy, but don't you worry that you terrify your prey? Kenji replied, Well, I don't think about it. It is the nature of cats to hunt. I don't examine the philosophy of it all. For me, I just allow myself to follow my nature. It is my inner catness that determines who I am and how I behave. I really enjoy being a cat. I replied, Indeed, but it is not just your catness that defines who you are. It is your individual personality, too. Kenji said, that's very true. But I do believe that mice will be mice and cats will be cats. We both are engaged in the sacred dance in our own way. <laughs> that's great. Mice will be mice and cats will be cats. And, and, you know, it's another thing, again, hearkening back to the bigger picture um, and the individual roles that we all play, there's such a balance in our whole ecosystem that we're really just learning about that if you take away a certain species from a certain area, you know, different type of prey come and different animals die or plants die and everybody has a role. And while you know, at times I think nature may seem cruel, as, as some of us think it's really 
humanity that seems a little more cruel to me in my part um, as one of your previous I think it was a, a discussion with a, a shark I believe at one point said we don't view ourselves as predators we view humans as predators uh, but anyway I don't want to go too far mm-hmm. off on a sidebar but it makes me wonder if we could just all naturally play our parts and rejoice in the value and importance of that, how different our world would be. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I think, um, as you say, allowing, allowing the difference, you know, allowing each of us to play our part and to play our role. You know, it's, it's, um, it is an ecosystem. It's an interconnected network of earthlings, right? It's not just humans or the natural world. We truly are an interconnected network of earthlings, I think. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I, I think one of the keys for to our interconnectedness, at least I'm, I'm learning as I'm evolving and, and hopefully growing in my own life, is asking and accepting help asking for and accepting help it's it's a difficult thing for people to do but i remember Mm. one time i heard someone else speaking and and she was saying you know i don't need to learn the stuff i already know i need to learn what you don't know what what you know that i don't know and that's Mm -hmm. why we come together because i may have something you need but if we don't ask each other and we don't support each other and that will never grow as a team. And I I think that's how we can thrive. Well, I think that's true. But then, you know, you have to be comfortable with your own vulnerability, don't you? Admitting that you don't know or you have gaps. Yeah. And that's something that I, I think we, I love these talks about our animals because they seem to be so comfortable with that natural give and take that we have trained out of us or trained into us or something, um, trained away from us. Well, I think that's true. And and don't you think, too, that um, I think ego has a role to play in that. And I I don't, I for sure don't want to say that animals don't have egos. They they most certainly do. But um, I don't think that their egos uh, and their need for self-gratification comes into play as much as uh, as much or as often as it does with with humans yeah absolutely and i i think from everything that we've shared and i've i've learned with you animals have a very strong sense of of simply being they just just the concept of being and being who they are and where they are and that they're really okay with that. They're not always trying, they're trying to be something different. Um, and I know I'll just leave that as a teaser because I know we're going to explore that whole concept with our conversations with animals in future podcast episodes. So that's a teaser there for you. So I think that wraps it up for today, Lauren. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we've put the world to rights, as they say. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're doing our best to share whatever knowledge we've learned, whatever wisdom we've learned from the animals. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Animal Wise. If you've enjoyed what you've heard and want to hear more, please subscribe, 
and tell your friends, family, and even perfect strangers. Talk to you <laughs> next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.